When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Previously on the Simply Human podcast. Well, I see her like standing in line at the at the concession stand. And there's like there's a there's people like between us, right? Like it's not just an empty lobby. Yeah. And she and I kind of make eye contact with her and she looks over at me and I I kind of like hold the back. <laughs> and she goes, "Hey, that's my bag." And I'm like, and I Please said, "Please tell me you said it doesn't your name on it. It doesn't have your name on it." And I just like, <laughs> and I just. <laughs> oh, what a stupid idiot! <laughs> it's episode seventy-three of the Simple Human Podcast with your hosts Mark and Rick, two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, we talk to Aglaï Jacob, mother, world traveler, blogger. Then it's another moderately funny edition of the Humans Being Human segment with our good friend, Kate Galliette, and we'll wrap up with our Simply Human tip of the week. How are you, Rick? I am terrific. How are you, Mark? I'm good. Um, I pranked you so hard. Oh, it was so hard. You know, I reckon, You know, I, I feel like part of being like April a, good, Fools again. a good person is being able to recognize when someone's really got you. <laughs> like, if you're doing like a zinger contest, something dudes do, like, you know, making fun of each other, or like... Recognizing when someone does that and giving the slow clap. Well, you know what? I am I'm a good sport about this, yep. like Mark, and also by extension, Glenn. Glenn. I'm giving you well, the slow clap. And if you that was know, really terrific. You you got me. You burned me hard. And and, good. and to give you some insight into my psyche, the whole time I'm telling that story, a little part of me felt bad. Like I felt I felt bad for like because you were enjoying the story. You were into it. You were laughing. I listened to it this weekend and I was like, <laughs> knowing how it ends up, obviously, and I was like, man. He really got me. He took <laughs> right in that cheek and was just reeling me in. Woo! Oh, okay, so sorry. I had to say that because it was the hard. It was really hard for me to not like have that in the title of the show or to talk about it beforehand. Um, I think by extension, you got me, but you probably also got a lot. Of I did get some messages, some texts, and some emails from people saying, "Man." Go yeah, to Hellmark. Yeah, seriously. Like you you <laughs> but had that's, us. Uh, you know, aside from how you usually get them. So. Right, right. And you have a minivan? Yeah, it's actually a long story. Are you ready? I think so. So my wife's best friend, they live in Dodge City, Kansas, and they have three uh, children of their own. And they within the last I guess it's within the last eighteen months, they decided to adopt, uh, to add to their family by adoption. And uh, they're not going through, like, an adoption agency. They're going through the state of Kansas, like the foster. So odds are it's a child that's been removed from a, you know, a really a not very good situation. So they're not doing the black market thing. Yeah, they're not buying a baby. We've known people that have basically <laughs> done that, too. And, uh, you know, to them, a dollar is like, what's a dollar mean? I don't know what that means. Yeah. But, like, so these, these, you know, these are regular people. These are, you know, our kind of people. Well, they're, so they have this girl. And I'm not going to – obviously, I can't do names or whatever, I don't think. But uh, they have this girl, and she's – you know, I don't know. She's a good girl, like they love her. She, she's a part of their family. And uh, the state basically, she has two little brothers. And the state basically convinced them somehow, like, hey, why don't you take the all of the children, 
all three of them instead of just one and being like super like the nicest people I know period like the kindest hearted people ever they're like sure we'll take all three so they're doubling their family their children from oh three to six gosh and they're all like clustered around the same age like it is like, so they need super a they need a, a yellow school bus now <laughs> Well, yeah, that's where we're getting. So the state of Kansas has several regulations for uh, what you have to have, like, I guess, infrastructure in place for doing an adoption. And one of those is, and this is clustered in the middle of this, uh, he got a promotion at work. So they're moving from Dodge City to Kansas City. So they had to buy a new house. Well, part of you know what they say, you have to have infrastructure in place. I guess you have to have like X number of bedrooms per child or something like that. I don't know maybe square footage but so they had to buy a larger house what's well, great because the the move happened so they're just buying another house a, a, in a different city well the state also says you have to have and this is a pretty good rule i guess uh x number of seat belts in your automobile like one for every person or something well they drive a uh a volkswagen rutan minivan they drove that, yeah I well assume. Uh, come on <laughs> uh that has seven seat belts well now they have eight people. eight people in the family. And so they're like, well, I guess we'll just go buy a car. Go buy a seatbelt and just throw well, it in the van. <laughs> just toss it in there. Hey, no, no, no. You said seven. You said eight seatbelts. There's the eighth one right there just floating around. Sell the floor. Well, they went to go buy a look at new vehicles only to realize they're going through the mortgage process of the new house. So you can't really buy a car and a house at the same time. No one will lend you the money to do that. Bill even Gates though they have good credit and they make enough money. So... My wife actually came up with the genius plan. We uh, drive a Tahoe that was handed down from her father to us. And so we have this Tahoe, and when you put the third row seats in, it's got eight seatbelts. Hey. And so we were like, hey, you know what? We barely ever use – I mean we drive the Tahoe all, every day, but like we don't need this gigantic mega huge car. We have the third row seat taken out, and unless we're going on like, vacation, we don't really fill it up full of stuff. Why don't we just meet you halfway-ish and – you can take the Tahoe, we'll take the minivan, and we'll just swap for however long you need to swap for. It's really no big deal. I mean, we're all friends. It's, you know, what are you going to do? So, Did you ask if you could swap wives while you were swapping uh, vehicles? Okay, that's actually an interesting thing that you bring oh, up. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, my wife's friend named Lauren, she loves sports and loves the Cowboys, and the Dallas Cowboys, and her husband uh, just doesn't do sports. Well, in our marriage, I love sports and the Dallas Cowboys, and my wife doesn't do sports so, so you are going to toss the idea around of hey why don't we just get two houses next to each other rip out the fence and do like a big love like a gigantic commune kind of thing like we'll all mm-hmm. raise your kids yep. and we'll all raise our kids and we could just all be cool like that and in football season me and lauren can go watch the cowboys game in one house and you and jeff and my wife anna and jeff can go to the other house and do Whatever it is other, that people do during uh, the fall. Other activities. That don't watch football. They can uh, sit around and knit or I don't know. Make love? I don't know. Well, maybe, you know, <laughs> whatever. You're so we met in Oklahoma City, which is where we used to live uh, before we moved down here to the Dallas area. Oh, that's we why you were there. driving all day. Yes. Ugh. I got off work Sunday morning, Slept. At, uh, got off at 6, got home by 7, slept from about 7 until, or I guess 8 until about noon. Got up and drove three hours to Oklahoma City. Met her, met Lauren, and switched out cars and drove back here. And so, uh, let me tell you, I like the minivan. Speak. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I, we we enjoyed ours. We trade ours ours in for a truck, but we enjoyed the minivan. 
I don't like the idea of being like minivan people because like oh, no, no 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 we're not minivan people we don't go to soccer practice and we don't uh, oh well I guess we kind of do stuff like that or we don't go to like Costco and oh no I yeah yeah we do kind of do yeah. that too mm, so yeah. like I almost just, just own it. like hey we've I'm, I'm mid thirties my wife is mid thirties we have two small children one that's in first grade and one that's uh, you know a little too young for that we really are minivan people yeah. dude. Well, uh, speaking of it's, speaking it's of wife swapping, <clears throat> so there's a friend of of mine, and you know uh, my friend Nick, and I will just he he is a beautiful man. Let's just say. Oh, that. oh, Nick from college. He is like the perfect like okay. he looks like Superman. He, re- he really is like if I had if I like tripped and found the magic lamp and could rub it and get three wishes, it would I'm just be to look like here. Nick. I've actually thought about this yep. before. I'd be like, <laughs> please make me uh, look and act and pretty much just be this guy right. because he's. The most beautiful person yeah. I've ever met. And he's, he's a also super like nice one guy. of the nicest guys yeah. of all time history. So his wife is... is Who is also an incredibly beautiful person. Yes. So she... It's had, like the most, the most beautiful yeah, couple. It's ever. really... It's kind of annoying. And their it kids really are beautiful. Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie, just not famous. Like, right. they're the two most beautiful people I know. So she, she is very like how I am as far as like testing blood sugar yeah testing blood sugar and like trying new things and she's actually the one that got me onto the warrior diet idea when she texted me about it i was like that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard and so like we always are throwing ideas back and forth of each other and so she she asked like not asked but she was like man i wish i could like me and jen could like swap just so i could like learn from you for like a week on all this stuff because she's into the like the blood sugar testing and i'm telling all this stuff and i was like "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa if jen lived with nick and did marital things with Nick. Like, she could never come back to me. Oh, yeah. You'd, <laughs> yeah she'd be ruined forever for you. She'd be like, hey, like, that's not fair. Like, like uh, why go back to ham- to ground beef when you've had the most delicious ribeye? Rib yeah, you know, exactly. Prepared over an open flame. But she was like, oh, I didn't mean it like that. I was like, well, let's just call it like it is. Like, that's, uh, that's really unfair. So, Nick never listens to this, but Nick, you're a beautiful man. Well, Nick, if you do listen to this... I think you're beautiful. <laughs> All right. Well, um, there was one other thing I was going to tell you about, but we're out of time. I'll just save it. But uh, okay. let's. Okay. So on the show oh, today, you're gonna save it. Is it? Is it a great April Fool's prank? You're going to like tease me with it for a month? For next like, year, I'm going to save it for a year. Tell you that. Oh, I keep running out of time. I'm going to tell you the story next April. Um, you'll know that your your antenna will be well honed for another prank. Um, so, Aglaí Jacob, and I actually had to have her send me a voice recording of her name because I wasn't sure how to say it, which, uh, anyway. Um, I I've ran across some of her stuff in my uh, adventures and travels amongst the you know, just sort of health and wellness world. Uh, we are actually like the, like the pygmies of the Philippines. Yeah. Like, oh, no, no, you didn't, uh, you weren't over there. And we are actually going to, we're about to call her. So, uh, I'm not really sure what we're going to talk to her about, but so let's just, let's just get to the interview. Uh, find us online at simply human lifestyle.com. Uh, there are links to the Facebook page, YouTube channel. We still have, uh, the coupon codes for the nutrients and the skinny fat, uh, nutrients is the multivitamin skinny fat is the, uh, either the olive oil or the MCT coconut oil that's great for cooking with or uh, pouring in your bath. Mm. Think about I don't know. Don't do that. Think about that. It's sometimes good. You Google it. Um, that's probably not. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't trust it. Follow me on Twitter. Squatty Potty has. Follow me on Instagram at simplyhuman52. And I. How many pictures of your own doo-doo have you drank? <laughs> that's like the. Check out this one. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, they're like, no, please stop hashtagging us and, and linking us in the pictures of your poop. That's not like the direction <laughs> we're trying to go. 
we just were, were uh, you know, it's a squatty potty thing. So they had this one thing about squatting in the woods, pooping in the woods, maybe a little too much, but squatting in your own home is okay. And I, I commented, hey, what's wrong with woods pooping? It's pretty great. No? Nothing? Hmm. Nothing no, from you never. there? No. Okay. You've desensitized me forever to your weird poop story. I think we're about to have Simply Human hats. Um, well. Those are coming. So also, oh, um... Oh. This is coming on April 7th, so look that up. We're going to na- announce the winner in the hot dog segment of the Simply Human T-Shirt Giveaway-a-thon. So oh, yeah, right. here, his, here, his, here is Aglae Jacob, and we talked to her about a bunch of stuff. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> Joining us today on the Simply Human podcast, we are so thrilled to have Aglae Jacob on the show. And I actually reached out to Aglae I guess like towards the end of last year, you were just about to or just had a baby. But Ugly is a is an author. She's written a book called Digestive Health with Real Food. She is a podcaster. I think real is it Real Food Mamas. Correct. Yes, is the podcast. Her uh, website is radicatamedicine.com. She's all over the place, and she has a baby. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no, I, it's actually funny. On the last show, I said, we're having a guest uh, that I'm really excited about on the next show. I'm not sure how to pronounce her name. <laughs> and so we need to figure that out. So I, that's why I see that message. And she so graciously sent me an audio recording <laughs> of her just saying her name. And I listened to it like 10 times. I was like, I got this. So, Ugly, <laughs> just sort of tell us about your background. How did you get to, uh, you know, being sort of this online and podcaster and author uh, in the health and wellness industry? Mm-hmm. Actually, it started a long time ago. I became a registered dietitian because I really thought that food could be great as medicine. But then, you know, the conventional nutrition school to teach you everything about low-fat diets and whole grains are good for you and all that kind of stuff. And when I started working as a registered dietitian, mostly with people with diabetes, that's where I, I was working, I realized quickly that this approach was not working as well as I thought it should. And then I started losing faith in the power of food as medicine. And I just I just decided to, to go travel for a little while. And I guess uh, faith, <laughs> that, that, that was my destiny because I, I caught a parasite and I started experiencing many digestive issues. And, you know, what I was taught as a dietitian to do in those circumstances, mostly a high fiber, low fat diet to deal with irritable bowel syndrome and IBS and all of that sort of thing didn't work at all. It just made me feel worse. So that really my own my own health issues really allowed me to research and delve deeper into the research and look at you know open my mind and look at different things that I might not have considered if I was the close-minded registered dietitian that I first was. So uh, that's pretty much how I got started and then I wrote the book Digestive Health with Real Food and since then, I've been able to heal myself and help many other clients apply principles of a, a real food-based diet, a paleo kind of diet, because that's really what seems to be most effective. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you mentioned a parasite. Rick's wife, bless her heart, caught a parasite about 10 years ago. His name is Rick. <laughs> Zing. Yes, that's very good. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. What, what are you talking about, like, uh, the time frame-wise? Like, when did you first get your degree? I got it in 2005, yes. Okay, so, so this is like over, over the last 10 years. How much have you seen the conversation nutritionally shift in those 10 years? Because it's weird. When you were talking, I was thinking, you know, 
I do. There are a lot of bloggers now. There are a lot of podcasters. There are a lot of people talking about the benefits of eating whole, real food, GMO free, organic, whatever. Mm-hmm. Ten years ago, you didn't hear anybody talking about like. I would have thought that you were nuts ten years ago to be like, no, no, don't eat food that comes in a package. That's terrible for you. I'd be like, no, everything that's delicious comes in a package, a box, a, a can, a bottle, whatever. Like, how much have you seen from your perspective the conversation shift over the last decade from that to where we are now? Well, unfortunately, in the you know regular conventional registered dietitian world, not that much. Yeah. I would say a little, but. Uh, yeah, it's still going uh, very slowly, a lot more slowly than I would like to see it. But I think that in the general population, people are just getting sick and tired of being sick and tired. And that's where uh, the shift is really starting to happen, in my opinion. Yeah, I know so there's you, a lot of you stuff. You can't look on Facebook for one day without seeing somebody post some, you know, it, it, maybe it's just among the people that I'm Facebook friends mm-hmm. with, but like every day, is, you know, Whole30 or Paleo or this or that, and whatever you want to brand it, whatever you want to call it, it just seems like, People now maybe are a bit more, I don't know, like educated or maybe more aware of what they're putting in their bodies and how that might have effect, you know? Yes, and I really hope that this trend, I, I, ju- I think this trend is really going to, to continue grow and uh, more and more people are just learning about those really easy uh, and easy to understand principles. It's just that... I don't think you should expect to hear those kind of advice from your dietitians or doctors anytime soon, unfortunately. Yeah, that's one of the things like the uh, the government guidelines, you know, are, are coming out, you know, in America at the end of this year. And there's been all these sort of suggestions from the committee that have come out. And there's all this buzz around that they're saying that cholesterol is not so bad. And you should, you, you'd still okay to have 12 teaspoons of sugar a day. It's like, as soon like. As long as the government is is coming up with guidelines, like the government should just say, "All right, people, we're not going to recommend anything." Like, do do what works. Like, you know, as soon as you have the government tied to guidelines, then you've got industry involved, you got money involved, and there's politics involved, which isn't it doesn't have anybody's health as their number one interest. It's money. And is you know I think as long as that's the case, then that's where the doctors who are you know educated at medical schools that are funded by the pharmaceutical companies, which have a lot of you know leeway in Washington. It's just like it's you sound like a conspiracy, not you, I, anyone that talks like this sounds like a conspiracy theorist. But that's the fact. Like in in uh, uh, you know nutrition programs in universities, they're still sort of teaching that same thing that the registered dietitian program is teaching and that the government guidelines are saying. So. It's crazy. All of it's crazy. But now you're, yeah. you're you're in Canada, are you not? I am. Okay. I, I don't know how familiar you are, you are with the situation in the United States as it relates to healthcare, nutrition, stuff like that. But yeah, is it much. is it yeah. too? I mean, I, I know the the healthcare system is significantly different up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we we're not going to have a discussion on that. We all have our opinions on uh, government <laughs> and healthcare and all that. But how do you? Is it uh, different uh, as it relates? to nutrition and, and how people are educated on what they should be eating by the government, or is it pretty much the same as it is here in the States? Unfortunately, it's pretty much the same. The, the Canada's okay. food guide is really the same as the USDA food pyramid or my plate or whatever. Yeah, it's all the same. A lot of whole grains and no fats and all the sugar you want, pretty much. <laughs> well, in Canada, it's just it's the USD, but then they just say USDA. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, you know what? That was actually a good joke. I will not chastise you for that. That was a good one, Mark. Okay, well thank done. you, thank you. All right, well, you mentioned that you sort of healed your own digestion, and then you did a lot of research. So sort of enlighten us. Like, what are what are the things that people are missing and that need to know about digestion other than that you need to buy a squatty potty and squat when you poop? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. See? Um, <laughs> my, my father built one for me, so... No I've way! <laughs> like, but, like, before there was a squatty potty, like, or... Like, well, it, we don't call it that. I think it's a trademark, but yeah, it's kind of a, an imitation. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so I love it. And that's a really good way to make things easier in the bathroom. Uh, but, um, well, I, I, you know, when I started experiencing my own digestive issues, I was already paleo, gluten-free, dairy-free, all of these, and soy-free. All of these are big triggers for many people dealing with digestive issues, whether it's bloating, diarrhea, constipation. Yes, I'm going to talk about poops. Hey, so. hey, ugly. <laughs> let, let, let me tell you something real quick. The theme of this show, a lot, uh, half the theme of the show is pooping. So you are totally fine saying diarrhea and uh, all sorts of, of gross things. We, it's totally fine. Perfect. Those are my favorite topics. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, those common triggers that, many people eliminate when they go on a real food-based diet or a paleo kind of diet. Uh, it can really help a lot of people because they certainly cause a lot of inflammation and damage in the gut and leaky gut and all of that can uh, result from eating those foods on a regular basis. But then if you're already uh, eating a paleo kind of diet and avoiding those common triggers and still experiencing digestive issues, then there are other things to look into. For example, some people eat uh, maybe reacting to nuts, even eggs. Uh, they can be reacting to FUDMAP. So that's kind of a funny acronym uh, that uh, many, many foods fall in that category, even real food, uh, including uh, onions, garlic, broccoli, cabbage, watermelon, apple, pear. So a lot of healthy food can contain FUDMAPs or other things that can make some people have uh, digestive issues. So those are only a few of the things. Then there's a possibility of having some kind of imbalance in the gut flora, whether it's from a parasite or some kind of bacterial overgrowth. There are just so many things that can go wrong with the digestive system, and it's so important to take care of it because that's where health starts. <laughs> right. Now, let, let me ask you this. You just had a baby. So mm -hmm. what, what do you tell like new moms especially about, because what I understand, the gut biome really is, is sort of formed in the first three to four years of life. And then it, for the most part, is what it is from that point forward. So like, how do you, what do you tell new moms? What are you doing with your own child to try to sort of strengthen? Because really like they're finding out that the gut flora has, you know, it's connected to the immune system, to the brain, to, to neurology, to cardiovascular system. I mean, it's like, it's connected to everything. So what are some things that you do? Yeah, you're totally right. It's so important. And I think that if possible, you should start before even getting pregnant. You should try to make sure you eat a real food-based diet so your digestive health is as great as it can be. Taking probiotics or eating fermented food is also very important to balance your gut flora. And if you, uh, I know it's, it can be difficult, but if you can avoid a C-section, you know, you don't always have control over that. Right. But if you can have a natural vaginal birth, then it really sets up the baby for a good start in life. And then breastfeeding uh, can also really help with the baby and you can even give probi probiotics to your baby and, and little kid that can all um, 
make their gut flora healthier and give them the best chances in life. Yeah, it's actually, uh, you mentioned like the difference between a C-section and a vaginal birth. I know we had to do C-section on our last one because mm-hmm. like you said, there was a pretty high risk deal and it's like if there if it wasn't for C-sections, like I probably, my wife and son probably would be dead. So thank goodness for C-sections in those cases. But when you when you go through the birth canal as a as a small baby, you are basically like go through like a shower of uh, the gut flora and all these these the these probiotics that if you do a C-section you're not exposed to all that and you're already sort of you know sort of like and so that because of that we are making sure to give lots of probiotics to our to our right. one-year-old son because he didn't get that exposure so it's super important you know if if antibiotics aren't the uh, the answer to everything, I mean, they've saved a lot of people's lives, but it's not, you know, it shouldn't just be, they're overprescribed. But if you do have to take an antibiotic, like it's really important to sort of combine that with a probiotic because, you know, the gut, the gut flora and the gut microbiome is just, is so critical. So what are some things that can damage, um, that the gut biome? Well, I, I just want to go back to the C-section. Oh, yeah, yeah. If ever, the, you know, if some, if people are working on a birth plan, if, you know, moms are there are pregnant and just, it's important. It, it's it might happen. Sometimes it just has to happen. And in that case, one thing you can do to just inoculate the baby with uh, the a good gut flora is you can swab some of the vaginal fluid and just uh, swipe it in, inside the baby's mouth after he's born. So that can really help. We're, we don't have any research on that, but many uh, doctors and scientists are thinking that might be an alternative way whenever the baby is not able to be born vaginally. Hmm. Cool. That's interesting. Um, <laughs> and if I go back to your question, what are the things that can damage oh, yeah, yeah. our gut? Well, right. there are so many things in the food that we eat today, the foods that come in package, the gluten. There are just many inflammatory oil, vegetable, vegetable oils, and uh, a lot of processed food that's unfortunately very bad for our gut, and, uh, sugar included. And other than food, is also stress, the antibiotics that we're exposed to. Uh, whenever you know we have a little illness, the doctor is quick to prescribe antibiotics. I know antibiotics are sometimes necessary, but uh, we're just too exposed to them. And even our food, the meat we eat may contain traces of antibiotic. It's everywhere, and it's really altering our gut flora negatively yeah absolutely um let's see we have 10 minutes to go give or take and i want to make sure we get to all of our stuff that we're going to talk about let's um let's talk about like babies and kids right now i mean what what are some of the things i mean with your podcast real food mamas like what are some of the topics uh or maybe some of the things that when you're talking to other moms uh some of the topics that come up a lot you find yourself sort of repeating over and over I think wow, there's just so many things. Uh, we're, we're just getting started with the Real Food Mamas podcast. We have uh, five episodes uh, ready right now, and m- many of them, well, we share our birth stories first. Both of me and Stephanie, my co-host, had a home birth, so we talk about that because that's cool. something that many women are afraid of. But yeah. I think that the more you learn about it, the more it can feel like the safest option, especially for healthy women without any complications. So we talk about that. We also talk about how important it is to care for yourself and allow time for recovery during the postpartum period because it's just a very important time in pregnancy uh, and 
nursing can all deplete women of many important nutrients. So that really need to be covered through food. So implementing a real food-based diet during pregnancy and after pregnancy can just help make sure you minimize the risk of having any kind of nutritional deficiencies and also ensuring that your baby is getting all the nutrients he needs during the pregnancy and through um, the breast milk if you choose to breastfeed. So yeah. yeah, those are really important topics that we like to to cover and address. Cool. Now, what uh, what, what are your movement recommendations for, for pregnant women? Yeah, I'm not an expert on the topic, but I think that any form of movement is great. I personally, in my own experience, it was really difficult to move in the first trimester. I was just so exhausted. But as soon as I started feeling better uh, in the second and third trimester, walking, I think, is one of the greatest things you can do, especially if you try to correct your alignment and make sure that uh, you wear good shoes that don't have a po- positive heel as much as possible right. so you can have uh, a good pelvic floor healthy and uh, flexible at the same time to facilitate childbirth uh, so I think that's that's mostly what I did in yoga to keep myself flexible and strong yeah. I know my co-host Stephanie did a lot of kettlebells and uh, yeah there are just so many things you can do but moving any kind of movement I think is great yeah, I think that's something that a lot of women, we've talked about this before on the show, is that they're like, well, I'm pregnant. And they just like sit down in a recliner for the next eight months mm-hmm. and don't ever move because they're mm-hmm. pregnant. And then they, you know, it's like, which is the exact opposite thing that you should be doing. It's like preparing yourself for this massive sort of the physical event of your life, you know? And so it's like running a marathon without like having gone out and run at all. Like I'm going to run a marathon in like uh, nine months. So I'll train by not doing anything period whatsoever. Yeah. And I'll just show up. <laughs> this physical gigantically physical event yeah yeah so um let's see let's talk about your book like how did you start the book and uh where can people find it and and all that stuff yeah so i wrote the book the year after i really healed myself with real food and i just wanted to share that information with others i have to be honest and it's kind of uh, a book that's really in depth so it's not the uh, the book I would recommend to people just learning about real food, it might seem a, a bit overwhelming because there's a lot of information. I really wrote the book that I w- wished I w- could read when I started dealing with my own health issues. And I really like to explain everything that can go wrong and how different food can affect your digestive health and the different tests that you can ask your doctor to run to really go get to the root cause of your digestive issues because Everybody is different, and even though the symptoms of bloating, diarrhea, and constipation are quite common, they're not normal, and they may be caused by different things. So it's really important to know what is causing your own digestive issues so we can fix them. So I also explain how to implement an elimination diet that's customized to you and that's going to allow you to really identify your food triggers. I know there are a lot of tests on the market to to tell you uh, what food you're sensitive to but I really believe that elimination diets although they require a bit more effort and time to implement but uh, they're free and they give you a lot more quality information about the food that is most uh, optimal for your body so that's what I tell people in the book and there are recipes too I also have a second book with the same title digestive health with real food but 
it's a cookbook. So the blue book is all about information. There are also some recipes, but the brown book, Digestive Health with Real Food, has uh, a lot more recipes for people to um, to use, uh, even though they may have different food restrictions. Yeah. So that's available on Amazon.com and also at Barnes and Nobles. Yeah, and it, yeah, and I'm, I'll, I'll put a link to the Amazon. Uh, link and the Barnes and Noble's Digestive Health with Real Food, a practical guide to an anti-inflammatory, nutrient-dense diet for IBS and other digestive issues. It's smart that you had IBS in there because there's probably people that go on Amazon that have IBS and they're just like, <laughs> IBS, help. What do I do? You're just, you're just plugging it in there like, give me something, Amazon. Just yeah. mail it to my house already. <laughs> <laughs> now, you talk about elimination diets. I'm familiar with that, what that means, but for maybe there's some people who are not entirely familiar with that concept of the elimination diet. Can you kind of uh, touch on that a bit for yeah, that's not a very sexy term, elimination diet, but basically <laughs> yeah. it's really considered the gold standard to identify food sensitivities. Basically what you do, you eliminate a, eliminate a bunch of food and just eat food that are the safest, the most anti-inflammatory, the, the easier to digest. Um, so you so eat that. Like, like, a, like a baseline. Almost. Exactly. Okay. And so you remove all potential triggers and you eat that elimination diet for a specific period of time just to go back to a baseline of feeling more uh, feeling healthier and more normal, if you will. And then you can play with uh, some food reintroduction. So you may try to reintroduce some some eggs if you took that out and see how you react to that. So once you take all the triggers out of your diet and you reintroduce them one by one, it's easier to see what works for your body or what doesn't work for your body. I like to think of elimination diet not as, um, you know, not in the sense of eliminating food from your <laughs> diet, but really as a way to eliminate your symptoms. I think of more, I think Rick's head went towards like the eliminating that comes out like when you're on your squatty potty. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's it, that's one of the things like the elimination diet stuff, like a lot of those things like when you tell people about that they're like nah it's too much trouble well like mm -hmm. if you if you are sick if you have been dealing with something like ibs or you have chronic inflammation and you're not willing to 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 do a tiny bit of work and maybe not eat some things for a month or six weeks to like see how it's affecting you then like i don't know like it's hard for me to have sympathy for those people that that are going to complain about stuff and like just suffer through just because they want to just eat you know, cookies every day or whatever well, it is. Like honestly, like, what if you could tell someone that had you know severe, severe you know digestive issues? Like, hey, if all you got to do is cut out eggs, you'll be a hundred percent fine. They would all tell you, like, sure, no problem, no more, no more eggs ever again. Mm -hmm. Well, this is how you figure out. This is the process in which how you figure out if you know dairy does that to you or if eggs do that to you, if this or that. You know, which specific food we talk about food triggers. We're talking about foods that are commonly can cause problems among people. So you eat like a like a baseline diet just basically to zero out your body and then you slowly add foods back in and when you start experiencing the discomfort, the the problems again, then you know, oh okay, well last week I added, you know, food A in. Well now I'm having, you know, diarrhea, cramping, constipation, whatever. Food A is obviously something that doesn't go well with my body. I'll cut that out and I'll start tailoring my diet to how my body processes food. And it's really, you talk about it's the gold, it really is. I mean, it's the, if you have problems with digestion and food and stuff like that, this is what you have to do to figure out because there's no other way of figuring it out, you know? 
Exactly. You won't, you know, there's no studies that will tell you exactly what you should eliminate. Everybody is different. And there's no, you know, as you know, there are so many books about IBS and digestive health and many dietitians or doctors may want to tell you that you should just cut this out and you're going to feel better. But actually, I don't believe in any of this because everybody is so different. And that's why the elimination diet as not sexy as it is, is just the best way to really individualize your diet to your own body. I think it's very, very sexy. I don't know what you're talking about. It's like the sexiest of all the diets. <laughs> I don't know. The cabbage soup diet's pretty sexy, Rick. Oh, yeah. Uh, True. Yeah. Well, um, all right. So I, I'm going to ask you a question that I've asked everyone, that every new guest on the show, and then uh, uh, we'll talk about just a few of your links and stuff, which we'll also have in all the show notes. But I'm just going to spring this on you. This We don't have to have anything to do. I think I, think I know, based on looking at your website, what, you're, what the answer to this question would be. But... What is something that you do to make life more enjoyable or just something that you enjoy about life? And it doesn't have to have anything to do with anything we just talked about. That's a big question. I was not expecting that. Um, <laughs> to make I, I just, well, there's just so many. I think family for me is really becoming, I mean, not that family wasn't important before <laughs> having a baby, but, you know, having uh, a kid of your own just changed things. And just spending times with my, my man, my husband, and my uh, little six-month-old son now is just what I, I I would like to do for uh, all the time and I just like especially to go outside well now I'm in Canada and the winter has been horrible but I just like to uh, go outside spend time in nature with my family that's that's yeah, that's the yeah, best thing I can good. do. I was, I was, I was thinking you were either going to say something about the baby or travel, because I know you have traveled. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, too. for now, I don't feel like I'll be traveling anytime <laughs> soon, unfortunately. But yeah, I love traveling. You're trying not to like think about traveling because exactly. all you can see is like uh, sleeping for like four hours straight before, at a time. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. So <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, Ugly <laughs> Jacob, I really appreciate you coming on. We will have links to your show. It's on iTunes, uh, Real Food Mamas podcast. Um, and uh, the radicata um, medicine.com and then the real food um, well, let's see where I have it uh, the, the book uh, digestive health with real food all those links will be on the show and uh, I, you know this has been great and uh, I'm sure this will help out a lot of our listeners and uh, hang out for just a second we're going to uh, stop the recording but uh, we'll chat off sure. air just a second so thanks for being on thank you you're listening to the Simply Human Podcast. All right. Thank you, Ugly. You can find all of her stuff at uh, Radakata. I believe that's how you say it, and I'm sure she said it. So however she said it, time travel talk. RadakataMedicine.com. Uh, her book is <laughs> Digestive Health with Real Food, and uh, and she uh, will hopefully be back on the show sometime soon. And real quick, if you're wondering about the Simply Human t-shirt giveaway-a-thon, we actually are recording this with about, I don't know, what, like, 10 hours left in the day on on March 31st. So we're going to give people that chance, and we will announce the winner on the April 14th show. So keep that in mind. So sorry about that. Now it's time for the Humans Being Human segment, and uh, we actually recorded this. We sort of ambushed Kate with this uh, on our last interview with her. We were like, hey, tell us a funny story about... You being in South America, tell us an adventure. So this one really like, oh, she pooped her pants in South America. Yes. Well, I need to re yeah, reiterate. Uh, Kate Galliette did not crap in her pants. <laughs> it's just like they is this kind of a crazy story and, and uh, about her adventure in South America. So um, always love hearing from Kate. She's uh, she's great on the radio uh, or podcast, whatever. So uh, here's Kate. I'm going to start recording, and you have been on all of these adventures, and surely 
in all of the things that you've seen and all of your crazy adventures, you have a good humans being human story. You saw something that was crazy. Something crazy happened to you. Go. I just want to hear it right now. <laughs> yes, let's do it. We're getting, this is, yeah, this is going to be a separate segment that we may not even air on the same show that you're on. So it's about like good humans doing good things. Um, it's more like humans, like, how would you describe it, Rick? Uh, like it can either be most of the time it's like a funny story, but it can also be like, I, I would think like how it applies to your South American, uh, ventures, uh, just interesting stories. Like, you know, things that you saw, things that made you enjoy like, your life. What stories, uh, yeah. What, what are the stories that you found yourself telling over and over after your, your okay. journeys? And, and tell us where you've been and all that. Okay. Yeah, no problem. Sure. All right, let's go. Let's do it. Okay. So I decided to take a two-week road trip through South America, specifically through Chile and Argentina with a friend of mine. And, and literally, this was born out of the ether like a few months prior to it. We both had, knew we had free time coming up and both knew we were going to be wanting to do some traveling. And one day, someone, one of us said, hey, how about South America? And how about we do it in a car? And I went, yeah, okay, that sounds great. And we got to planning. And um, so <laughs> driving through South America is long and arduous. And it's we did about 5,200 kilometers in a 4x4, um, most of which was windy and dirt roads and aggressive. I mean, it was not easy driving that far. And I tell folks who uh, hear what, what we did, I say, you know, it's worth doing once. Yeah. Would not do that distance again. However, so how many miles is that? Well, like two thousand miles or something? I have no idea. I still cannot do the conversion of kilometers <laughs> to miles. Can somebody do that for us? I, I, will, I will do it right now it's while we're far. talking. It's really far. Yeah. Um, so it's aggressive, but if you're going to pick a place to do that, South America is an amazing place to do it because the people are just incredible. So this one time, okay. Here we go. This is good. We're, in Argentina, I believe at this point, because you can only go so far in Chile before you've got to kick over to Argentina right. and then continue south. And then you can kick back over to Chile again if you'd like to really far south um, down near Punta Arenas, which is pretty much as far as you can go on the continent. So we're kicking around through Argentina. And most of these roads are either dirt or gravel um, or they're paved, but it's you know one lane each way. And you don't see anybody for hours. You are the only one out there. Um, and in the car, you know, we were with, we of course, the gas gauge. And also the um, one, the one is one of these newer cars that has the so many miles to go till you're out of gasoline, oh, right. which is not on my car. So um, that was kind of a new feature for me. Um, and we we're using both of those to kind of gauge our distance and all that stuff. And we knew we had more than enough gas to get work to the next city that we thought we were going to get to. And side note, city it has an asterisk next to it. These cities are generally five houses, a gas station, maybe a grocery. Maybe some cattle. Man. That's about it. How many and miles for the next? That would be moderate-sized city. When we're passing through some of these towns, some literally are just a sign, and then the town's gone. Like that was it. That was the town. That was a sign. That was it. So we knew we had enough gas to get where we needed to go. But all of a sudden, the miles to go till you're out of gas thing went to zero. Oh boy. Yeah, and we're like, oh, oh. Well, it probably usually means you have at least one gallon left after that. Like, right. This is it a electronical issue like a, a an error in the fusing or something I, I don't know cars like is there something wrong here? Like, I don't know so there was the initial like both looking at each other and going uh okay well um let's start thinking quickly here and then that like sub level of like slight panic but let's not show that out <laughs> because you're gonna freak the other person out thing 
So there was like 24 um, kilometers to get kilometers, miles. I can't remember at this point. About like 3,200. By the way, oh. your conversion of 5,200 kilometers is about 3,200 miles. So there you go. nothing to sniff at there. It's a long ways. Thank you. So there was about 24 to go to get to the Our next mark. spot that we thought we were going to find gas in. And we're sitting here on like what, what seems like zero. So this is one of those roads where if you run out of gas, like there's no choice. Like you're going to sit with the car and freeze for the rest of the afternoon because it's windy and cold. Or you're going to wait for somebody to come. Then they're going to go with you to get gas somewhere. And you're not going to walk because it's too far and there's no one. And it's just not it's not going to happen. So we're praying that this town is actually going to be something besides a sign. And so we eventually see it as we're coming up over the hill. And we're like doing the, the cold sweat on the forehead, breathing really hard kind of stuff. And we see it, and it's a military town. And we're like, okay, good, good. There's got to be something here. So we come through, and we come through a military base, not a town. And we're like, oh, no. There's nothing here besides a military base. Oh, no. Well, I'm sure wandering up on, like, a South American military base seems something that's really safe at the time when you notice it, right? <laughs> well, we figured we were probably okay because it was a military. So, And it was on a major road, but – well, major in quotes. But so then we go a little farther, and it actually is – a town town like there's actually okay great so we've actually found a town but we're at the point now where we're like no we really need to get to a gas station right now we don't have time to drive around this city looking for one so every person we're seeing along the side of the road at dusk too uh gasolina gasolina and like this way and this way we're getting like different answers so we figured out finally where we needed to go to the gas station and we by the skin of our teeth pull in just with enough gas And can't figure out why it went to zero like early. We, we knew we had enough to get there, but it definitely took a full tank to fill the car back up. So we're in this town, and at the gas stations, that's where you get like a good espresso, which is shocking. Um, but that's <laughs> you go there, and they have an espresso machine, and it's great, and it's actually really good coffee. And so we're sitting in there having this amazing espresso because we're so thankful we're like alive and in a town and have gas again. I can't believe we just survived that. And, of course, riding high on the energy of that and seeing how small this town is and it's mostly military, we're like, well, should we push on for the next town? We may as well. I mean, we got a full tank of gas, and it's about to be nightfall, so and we're energetic still, so let's go. And so we go ahead and push on to the next town. And the next town we knew was a distance, but we figured, whatever, let's just get to it. So we roll in about 11 at night. So it was a stunning drive out. Like, you're in the middle of nowhere. It's completely pitch dark. Oh sun's up gosh. till 10, 1030, and then sunset hits, and it's just blackness. And we roll into town, and we're thinking we know where a hotel is, but we're not really sure. So we pull over, get some more gas, and uh, sort out the main like the main drag of town. By this point, it's closing in on 11.15, and we're going, geez, we haven't eaten dinner. Okay, we're getting ready to survive on snacks for the night. Like We're glad we're in this town because we're farther south, but, man, it's going to be an uncomfortable evening. There's not a Whole Foods or anything you can run into and like grab some food or something? <laughs> yeah, yeah, not so much, right? Like, <laughs> no, not so much. Um, so we find like the main drag of town and there's a hotel and in that hotel I run in and I go, please tell me you have rooms in, you know, for availability for tonight. And of course the kid speaks almost no English and he's got like a Malibu, California t-shirt on, which I adore when we see like American culture stuff somewhere. I'm like, wow, we really, we kind of get out everywhere. Like, does he even know what that shirt means? I don't know. Maybe he's been to California. He was super nice either way. He's wearing an FB. Buffalo Bills Super Bowl champion shirts from 1995 going on down there. He's wearing a hashtag FBGM shirt. He has no idea what that means. Sorry. So anyways, this is where the story gets good. He's like, yeah, yeah, we got a room for you. No problem. 
problem, whatever. And I asked him how much it was, ran back out, checked with my friend to make sure that was okay. Ran back in. I said, okay, we'll take the room. But also, I see you have a restaurant right next door. Is there any chance you still have like dinner being served tonight because we're starving and we would love to get a food you know, meal before we go to bed? And again, it's like 11.15 at night. He's like, oh, yes, well, but you know, the kitchen closes in 15 minutes. And I was like, great, done. Doesn't okay. matter. Sold. I'll, I'll take it. And I ran out, yelled at my friend, go park the car. The kitchen closes soon. I'm going to order you dinner. Run in there with all my bags, looking like a frazzled traveler at 11.30. Which you were. Yeah. And the guy comes over to take the order. And the guy from the front desk also was working in the restaurant. So he comes over, too, and is going to help out. And Oh, sure. He probably like saw y'all, and he was like, oh, yeah, I work over here, too. He's just like wanting to come over and like talk to y'all. <laughs> Yeah. Maybe, maybe. They're, well, that's my point. They were all really nice and really friendly and like gave us time to look at the menu and ask us how we were and didn't like if I were a server and it was my end of my night, I don't want to put in a new order for new food. Like I would not want to help people, but they were so kind and so helpful and told us what their options were. And, you know, I'm have to be gluten free because I have an allergy. Um, and so they actually helped navigate the menu and asked what kind of vegetable preparation they could make for us. And we're above and beyond what we expected. And then we both ordered like a sizable protein because we were starving. So my friend ordered a steak and I ordered some salmon, both of which take time to cook. And again, it's 1130. Kitchen's not closing. They cooked an entire plate of food, asked us if we wanted to get dessert, asked us if we wanted wine, like treated us like it was a normal dining experience. And we weren't putting them out in any way by making them stay late for preparing this meal for us. And so we enjoyed what was honest to God, the best meal I had the entire trip down there. And I don't know if it was the circumstance or the food or both, probably both. But these Argentinian people are amazing like that. Like they didn't even give you a hint that they were put out at all because of us coming in and basically barging in on the end of their evening when they were about ready to shut down and go be with their family or go to bed or do whatever else they were going to do that night. And that was the theme I saw again and again in Argentina that the people, no matter how you know unaccommodating they could be, they were always abundantly accommodating no matter what you needed. It was, it well, was incredible. I, I had at I, least three experiences like that where they just went above and beyond to make sure I got what I needed. And I, I, it was amazing. I bet like if we did an experiment and uh, Rick and I went and had the same experience, we like walk up to the same guy. They'd be like, no, we're closed. We don't have any rooms. There's no food. Get out, get out, get out of here. But it's like, yeah, you know, y'all. And they're like, yes, of course. Anything you need. Of course, well, beautiful American like, ladies. You know, I don't know, but we faced it. There's something to be said for being amazing, um, like, trying to learn the language and trying to really um, kick into what their culture is like and be super kind and understanding. And, you know, it's okay if you can't, but could you help us with this? Um, it, it seemed to make it really easy for us to get help when we needed it and when we needed, like, a place to stay or a food uh, accommodation of some kind. Like, they could do it, and they were so friendly, and that was just a really nice surprise. Um, I wasn't expecting that. Rick, I'm thinking of that SNL skit, the Bellissimo, where they go into, like, the Italian restaurant. Now, I know you said on previous podcasts, uh, Kate, that you said that um, you were supposed to learn Spanish, but you didn't do a real good job, and you were like, oh, I kind of blew it off a little bit. Did your friends speak Spanish, or was okay, this like... So, yes, I remember I did say that to you guys, and I didn't practice like much before we went, <laughs> even though I wanted to. I just I let it slip. Um, both of us spoke Spanish back in the day kind of thing, like high school college. Oh, okay, okay. So, but... Um, it took a while for that to come back. And here was something really interesting. So when we were traveling together, 
uh, my friend and I would kind of hodgepodge together between the two of us what we were trying to say to somebody. And then we split off for the last few days because um, they wanted to go uh, one way and I wanted to go a different way. And so we're like, whatever, I'll just meet you back in uh, Santiago in a few days. And as soon as that happened, both of us commented that our Spanish picked up tremendously. Huh. Like all of a sudden I was saying and pulling the words from somewhere without knowing I was saying them, but they were the right words. And it was like the crutch of a friend who spoke English and Spanish and knew what you were trying to say and could help you finagle through it was gone. And the brain subconsciously just kicked it in and went, oh, okay, you're going to have to do this now. And all the words came back and all the communication came back. And I was so thrilled to be sitting in a cafe and actually talking to the girl about what the coffee beans taste like and what's going on in the city that day and talking about the weekend coming up and it was really, really like, oh, what a proud moment to know that came back and a nice realization that like sometimes having somebody help you do it is not the best thing anymore. Like you need to stand on your own at some point and go take action with what you know and what you have and trust that it's going to show up. All that practice you've done, even if it was years ago. If I traveled to South America, I would go with Rick because he's fluent in Spanish and then he would get tired of having to translate. I would help, be telling everyone help, I have, idiot. Help, everyone, I have everyone. diarrhea. Yeah, that's what I would keep, continuously have Rick translate for me. All right, well, we are, we are out of time. Okay, Kate, Kate you, you make Mark's uh, staycation seem uh, like the smallest thing of all time, so that was really yeah, funny. Thanks thank for the Yeah. <laughs> the world's really big, people, and I want people to get out and go see it. But if you don't ever feel compelled to go, don't feel bad that you don't feel compelled. I'm just saying there is some amazing stuff to get out and go see, and it's not that expensive if you actually start looking at how to – finagle like points on your card for mileage and staying in Airbnb or hostels instead of hotels and doing stuff like that. Like you can get out of the country for not a lot of money and it's worth the time to go do it. Awesome. Thanks. We're going to end this segment now and then just hang on and we'll, we'll record some more. Okay. All right. Thank you, Kate. And uh, we will have Kate on sometime in May to talk about the bottom, as we have discussed in previous episodes. And then we're going to just keep having Kate on. Kate is great. Ha, that ride. She really is yeah. like, She's like the third, uh, the the third leg of the Simply Human podcast. Yeah, like the that makes the tripod. She and, really is terrific. And I get to meet her, and you don't. Ha ha ha. I'm very sad about that. I want to miss, meet yeah. Kate in person. I want to meet all of our people in person. Okay, well, thank you for that thought, Rick. Um, we, yeah, <laughs> so here's the uh, the Simply Human tip of the week. Uh, something you can start doing today, or start thinking about today, to make you more healthy human. And uh, this is uh, another one of those. Um, philosopher's notes deal, the optimizer, inspiring wisdom daily. Google it and sign up for that. And it's this quote from a book called An Iron Will by Orison Sweat. <laughs> I just read that. Sweat Marden. And it, here's, a, here's a quick little uh, uh, snippet here. Men who have left their mark upon the world have been men of great and prompt decision. The achievements of willpower are almost beyond computation. Scarcely anything seems impossible to the man who can will strongly enough and long enough. One talent with a will behind it will accomplish more than ten without it as a thimbleful of powder in a rifle, the bore of whose barrel will give it direction, will do greater execution than a carload burned in the open air. So, like, basically what that's saying is a thimbleful of gunpowder channeled precisely through the gun barrel is more powerful than an entire carload of, of gunpowder just sort of burning in, an, in open air. Which So all that to say is... Focus yourself, like focus your energies on the things that are important in life. Um, you know, whether it's a relationship with your family or if it's you have this goal to start eating better, whatever it is, or if it's to meditate, you know, daily, like use use your focus uh, in the in the important parts of your life. Like don't be like super strongly focused on like 
you know, the, the next best video game or something. Thoughts well, on I that? Think that's, I think that's very, like, a, a good thought. Like, you need to always be self-reflecting and finding out, like, re- remembering and reiterating yourself. You know, one of the important things, you know, if I look at my life, the important things are my family. And that's, honestly, that's really kind of it. I guess my yeah. job is important that I don't get fired from my job. But, you know, is my job more important than my relationship with my kids? Well, no. Is my job more important than the relationship with my wife? Well, of course not. No. Uh, it, you know, I have one of those weird jobs where you can take on some sort of assignment where you work weird hours and, uh, you know, you you're work long hours and you're always gone. Well, it's important for me to realize what's more important, have my priorities straighter. And I think that's a lot of what I'm getting out of this is that I need to constantly be remembering what's important and focus myself towards all my energies towards uh, enhancing the things that are important and not, you know, so, you know, irons in the, there's too many irons in the fire, you know? Right. Sweet. So there it is. Uh, Swimming tip of the week is sort of uh, focus on and put your energies toward the things that are most important. Also, uh, I heard a lot of willpower stuff in there too. Like uh, willpower is important. And I know we don't, we, we talk like eating wise, like, oh, you know, it shouldn't be about like willpower. Like I will will myself not to eat this candy. But really like willpower is like when you are doing something important, it's important sometimes that you grind down and just, you know, I'm going to do it and I'm not going to finish until mission's accomplished, I guess. Yeah. And, and, and an important part there, and this is one of the reasons the Simply Human Reset, um, and if you have questions about that, email me. Or it's so important. It's because like if you're using all of your willpower on avoiding eating Oreos and avoiding like beating your dog or something, like you're sort of wasting your willpower. Um, but so the simply human lifestyle and being a just a human, uh, you know, kind of gets you to that lifestyle where you're not having to use willpower to eat what humans are supposed to eat, and to you don't have to like drag yourself to the gym because now you're going to start moving. Um, more throughout the day and it's it's anyway so you can get to a point where you're not having to use willpower to actually like be physically healthy you can use your willpower to like change the world and come up with like some crazy shoe thing that if you buy a pair of shoes they will help someone else so yeah I would imagine there's only so much willpower to go around like you can't yeah it is it is a yeah you you can't max it out like in every instance right you'll burn up well and and willpower is a finite resource and they've shown this pretty exhaustively that you wake up in the morning that's why like at the end of the day people are always like I just I have such good intentions at the beginning of the day by the end of the day I just go crazy it's because you've used up all your willpower through making all the decisions throughout the day so anyway that's kind of a broad one but uh, that's what you said there it is um she did not say that she didn't say that okay all right well um um, we have uh, uh, lots of stuff coming up. We're really, a focus on stress in April. We have a lot of people on that are going to talk about stress research. I've got Claire Sexton, who is a sleep researcher, is coming on in May. We have a former NFL football player who's coming on. We're going to talk about movement. That's coming up. Uh, our listener question, email me. We are booked out until the end of May. So this is a lot of cool stuff coming up on the Simply Human podcast. Uh, find us online at simplyhumanlifestyle.com. Uh, like us on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube, and follow me on Instagram and Twitter at simplyhuman52. Uh, and if you have any questions, email us at simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com or email Rick at simplyhumanrick at gmail.com. Please leave us a review, good or bad. Any publicity is good publicity, and you will enter yourself into the April edition of the Simply Human T-shirt giveaway. Bye. No, Sorry. stop making that sound. Sorry. It's ridiculous. I just sort uh, of... Stack it up, because we didn't have that many people in the March one, to be yeah, honest with yeah, you. So, like, yeah. stack it up, all you people who want a free T-shirt. Uh, yeah, free let's T-shirt. Get those reviews in. Hello. We need all the reviews that we can get. It helps get the message out. There it is. Uh, get off of your... Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. All right, so that's going to do it for this edition of the Simple Human Podcast. 
And remember. <laughs> Nick never listens to this, but Nick, you're a beautiful man. Well, Nick, if you do listen to this, I think you're beautiful. <laughs> so until next time, enjoy yourself. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? You break this song. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.